How you guys doing? Good. Jody and I are going to partner today. We're going to be a tandem team. We're going to be talking about relationships uh, 2.0. How many want to grow in your relationships? Good. Me too. And, you know, uh, we're breaking it up into love and respect. Those who are in the marriage class know that there's some specific concepts that they promote in the marriage class. We are not going to cover those specifically, um, but we are going to cover probably a little overlap. But I don't want you to feel like this is not going to apply to you if you're not in a marriage relationship. There are certain things that we do in a marriage relationship, but how many know that we're all called to love? How many know that we're all called to be respectful? Now, those have a lot of meaning, you know, in the culture. And I, in a sports analogy, it's like, give me respect, you know, and come on, give me some love. But how many know that God has a higher, better, deeper meaning to all these? And that's what we're going to talk about today, and we're excited about it. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, um, we're getting closer and closer uh, to getting um, our technology through some um, special donations that some specific people made specifically to it um, that are going to help us get some of our stuff on TV. We may even broadcast our um, parenting class. We'll see how close we can get to that time frame. I was, t I was talked to someone at the store a couple days ago. And it's one of our neighbors, and I was telling her about the parenting class. She goes, I want to go. And I said, well, we may broadcast it, or you can download it on, on the website, too. And she goes, oh, I'd like to do that. How many know that we can reach some people that way? And, and we'd, like to, we'd like to approach all avenues. Pretty much what you see up there is what you're going to see on the TV there. It'll be high def. No, we're not go, going super bright screens here um, because it's not necessary. Um, we, we don't want to spend money where it's not necessary. Um, but... We want to make an impact to our city. Amen? Um, God has a lot of vision and dreams for us. So why don't we pray and open up, and um, I will start the first part, and then you'll get the better fine wine. Um, like I said last week, we'll start off with the ripple and um, move on to Chateaubriand, Le Fond, de 1943. I don't know. I just made it up. <laughs> I'm not cool enough to actually come up with wine names. <laughs> Father, I thank you that I embarrassed my wife, Lord, and no, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, just for the gift of love, Lord, it, it can sound so sappy, Lord, it's kind of this puppy dog look, and it's a puppy dog seasonal love that's not really based in reality, Lord, thank you for true love, Lord, not the one from Prince's Bride, Lord but the one that is real from you, that emanates from the throne of God, that's unconditional. Lord, that draws us close to you. Lord, the one that you want us to manifest to one another. And Lord, I thank you for respect. Lord, that we get to honor people even when they're not ready for it. We get to love people even when they're not the same way loving back. Lord, it's a gift that we get. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you're that way to us. Lord, it would have been a sad day if we would have known that your love only would have come if we would have loved you. Lord, and so we turn to you, and I turn to every family right now, every couple, every person who's living in this world, Lord, that's here today, and Lord, our, our body. Minister to them, increase the life of love in their lives. Let that life of love grow. In Jesus' name, if you agree, can you say amen? All we need is love. Right? How many like that song? Everything the Beatles do is great. 
Listen, we're, we're going to talk today, Jody and I both. We're going to switch back and forth. We're going to do, can you say thought? That's our thinking. Can everyone say in word? How we speak that love, that respect. And then can everyone say indeed? Indeed. Not indeed. Indeed. In, in our actions, in the way that we do things. Love. Love in our thoughts our word, and our deed, and then Jody's going to do the same thing. We're going to go back and forth. Let's start with the first one. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, I'm going to talk to the men first, but everyone can take this. You know, of all the things that the Almighty God could have had us do, and him with all his power, and you wonder what he was interested in and what he wanted to manifest in us at the highest priority, that would most reflect what he's like. And really the only time in scripture where he says specifically what he is, is the word love. That's God himself, defining himself. A God who doesn't, doesn't have an identity crisis. A God who has no, he's not searching out anywhere. There's no place that he could go to discover who he was. He knows who he is. He says, I am love. And the thing is, is then, then he says to us, I want you to love. Since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Do I hear an amen to that? Now, this is our focus. It's our instruction. It's how we're supposed to live. This is the life that we're supposed to live. You want to know about our parenting class? I'll tell you about our parenting class. Have a family full of love. Have a family full of respect and honor. You know, have a family that's on the same page with one heart, and you'll have a great life. It's the way that God would have us. He says it specifically to wives. He says, husbands, love your wives. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you're in the husband huddle with God. Okay, what's the next play? All right, um, we're going to love our wives. You guys ready? On two. Hut, hut. Next play. All right, we got a different blocking scheme right now. Wide receivers are going out. What, are we, what else are we doing? And we're going to love our wives on one. Are you ready? Hut! Next play. What do you think the next play is? This is the only way you're going to get another first down, by the way, guys. <laughs> you're not going to get a first down around this. You can't run out of bounds and then come back in the game 40 yards down the field. Hey, I got my business going great, honey. Yeah, but I'm dying on the vine. He never look at me. <laughs> yeah, but look at all these network connections I'm making. Yeah, but you never listen to me or talk to me. Yeah, but look at, you know, I've changed the whole world. Yeah, but I'm broken. You know, there's a scripture that says, you know, that, that man is for the glory of God and wife, the glory for her husband. And, I, and, and she reflects her husband. In other words, if you want to know how the husband's doing, just look at your wife's face. And she's like, and I remember telling Joe because she was smiling. I go, I guess you're doing pretty good. And she goes, yes, but I'm fading. <laughs> and then I had one of those big cartoon gulps. I better get that glory back in her face. How many say amen to this? Love is our instruction, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's an act. He did something. In our mind, we have to see that this is the instruction. This isn't just for wives. We need to love the people around us. Amen? 
But in the, in the marriage relationship, it's highlighted. Just the next slide. Love acts on its own. Boy, this will really change your life. It did. I really think I learned the concept of this in the first two or three months of our marriage. Because the way that I entered our marriage is I, I was loving and I was trying to be loving, but I was always like looking to see if it was going to come back. Like, is it coming back right now? Is there, is there any love from her? And I try to read, is she, is she loving me right now? And then I, I, I realized that I couldn't base it on this. Because as I started to learn about the Lord, it says that we love, can everyone say, because? Why do we love? Because he first loved us. You want to see your wife's love just all of a sudden grow? Why don't you love her first? Why don't you love her when she doesn't deserve that love, just like Christ loves us and gave himself up for her? When she's not giving you the feedback right now that you think that you want, you got to love her. It's not seasonal love. It's not when you think it seems lovable. It's a sacrificial love. It's not a pout love. Okay, I'm loving you because God told me I love you. It has to come from God. My wife knows when I've been with God. She'll give me this look when, I'm, when she can tell that I haven't been, and she'll go, so how was your time with God? All right, I'll be back in 30 minutes. <laughs> Wives, how many know what I'm talking about here? You're, you could tell your husband's walking in the flesh, right? And he's grumbling, he's complaining, you know, and they start, everyone starts looking at each other. Like, are you going to heal me? Are you going to heal me? And no one's been with God. Listen, we need to love our spouse because God first loved us. Amen? Now, I put there in that sentence, I love you, and I'll do it first. And I do love my wife, and she knows I love her. I love her. I love her, and I know, I know and I, this is the reason, the main reason that I married her, not just because I loved everything about her. But I remember sitting there thinking one day, and I was going, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? And I remember the, I remember the Lord showing me, he goes, Eric, no one's ever going to love her more than you do in this world. And I thought, you know, that's right. No one's going to love Jody. None of you are ever going to love Jody like I love Jody. None of you are ever going to appreciate her like I do. None of you ever will. And God put one person in her life that's going to be able to reflect that, to communicate that the best of their ability. No one is closer than I am. Husbands, just turn to your wife and say, I love you. Just turn it. So wise, was it fake or was it real? Last one here before Jody comes up with the thought, love and thought. Listen, can everyone say instruction? Instruction. This is our instruction. It's our focus. It has to go on its own. Your love can't be dependent on where she does what she does. Love has no limits. The Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all the generations. God loves from one generation to the next generation. When you, when you see his love for Jacob, you see it expanded. You see his love for, you know, for um, his sons, Joseph, etc. You see it expanded. And it's unique to each one. You have to love your wife for who she is and what she's doing. You know, that's where I put, I love you and I love your kids. My wife cares about her kids. I do too. But I, and I love my kids. But I also love my kids because my wife loves my kids. I care about the music she cares about. I care about the sport she cares about because she loves it. How many say amen to this? 
This is what love is. It's sacrifice. I love you. I love your kids. I love you, and it's not going to stop. You know, oftentimes when husbands sort of get in that trouble spot, they go, I'm not sure if she's going to leave or what's going to go on. And I'll usually give them this advice to begin with. I'll say, why don't you go listen to your wife for a little while without editing? Just listen to her. Find out what's going on. And this will make a great start. Find out what's going on. Make a connection point. Love in thought. Joni, come on up. She's going to talk about respect. The reason that he asked me to talk about respect is because I have it down perfectly. Those of you who know me know that that is not true. (laughs) And uh, um, the principles that I want to talk about, I'm going to lay a little bit of a foundation. And I I want you to know, like Eric said, if you're not married, you're not in a marriage relationship, these principles still apply to every person that God has created. And I know that our entire perspective and the way that we deal with people would change dramatically if we saw how much God loved them. You know, I talked last week about getting cut off on the freeway and, you know, our attitudes toward people. And, uh, (coughs) you know, people are not always lovable, right? And not everyone deserves respect. And I don't want to shatter anybody's reality right now by saying this, but there is no such thing as respecting somebody because they have earned it. We respect people because God told us to respect people, right? It's kind of kind of backwards from the way that the world feels, right? The world feels like, oh, I'm going to kind of kind of hang back here and see if you earn my respect before I give it. But the Bible commands us to respect others and to treat others with preference. That's just a principle across the board. Now, specifically in Ephesians chapter 5, Verse 33, it says, see to it that wives love their husband or that a wife loves her husband. It's a commandment. And how many, well, don't raise your hand, but I'm going to ask, wives, have you ever thought at any point in your marriage, please do not raise your hand, I I warn you right now. (laughs) Have you ever thought in your marriage relationship, why do I need to respect him? He doesn't deserve it. Right? Right? In the same way that our husbands could look at us and go, why do I need to love her? She does not deserve it. Aren't you so thankful that Jesus didn't do that when he was on the cross and looked down and, and go, ha, I'm not going to die for them. They don't deserve it. Right? We respect because the Lord tells us to respect. And you know, the thing is about any time that God gives us a commandment, there is always that little bit of hesitation within us that we don't really want to obey. Our flesh really wants to keep us from obedience. But the hardest thing about obeying the Lord is making the decision and making the choice to do it. And in the same way, respect is a choice that we need to make. As married women and just as fellow human beings, we need to choose to respect others. And when I started to look into this word respect is not really the perfect translation for that passage because the original language respect means it it, it, the original word is phobos which is the root of the same word phobia 
which means fear. Wow. So it took me a while to kind of wrap my brain around that whole concept because, because it's phobos was defined as to flee from, to withdraw, to reverence or to fear. And so I, I couldn't understand. Uh, we're called to flee from or to withdraw from our husband? I couldn't understand that. But there are the two sides of this word phobos. There's the positive side, which is the side of reverence and fear, not in a way like, oh, I'm scared of him, but in a way of, as unto the Lord, I am going to show him respect. Not because he deserves it again, but because the Lord has called me to do this. The positive side of this is to show that preference and to admire and to, and to look at the positive elements of a, a particular personality, right? But the downside of it and the, one, the part that means like to flee from or to withdraw is like, like to withdraw or to flee from the will of God to know the will of God and yet to refuse to do it. And so to respect someone or to reverence or phobos means to treat them in a way that you respect them. And it all starts right here. The thing is that most of the time, I think most women struggle to respect their husbands because they haven't forgiven them. To respect, re means to go back to or to do again. Spect means to see. So when we want to respect others, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to change the way that we view someone. We have to begin to see people through the eyes of the Lord. I was just talking to a, a gal earlier today. You know, it is so easy for us to see people's faults and shortcomings and sins, isn't it? That doesn't take any special gift. Judgmentalism is not a spiritual gift. I don't know. Some of you might not know that. <laughs> but it is not. It's easy to see people's flaws, right? Doesn't that just come so naturally? And isn't, isn't that what we typically do when we see somebody in our flesh? We see that, you know, oh, man, that guy's that guy terrible at whatever, you know, changing the oil in my car, you know, or... Wow, she's in a bad mood. I mean, that's just a natural thing that we do. But to respect someone means, okay, Lord, you change my view of this person. Change the way that I see them. And part of that for us as women, as wives, we have to get on the same page with our husband. We have to forgive. And I was sharing with First Service, a lot of times Eric and I will do these little sessions where we will get everything out on the table and we'll say, you know what, I forgive you for such and such because that really made me feel like this. And we will walk through that together, not with, not with defensiveness or argumentation, but just, you know, I need to let you know the full extent of, of what your sin did to me and how it hurt me. Now, that's not unforgiveness to be able to talk about it in that way. That, that's a way of really releasing that person and letting them know, this is what this did to me, but I'm making a choice to forgive you and to let you off the hook. First Corinthians, First Corinthians 13 says, love always hopes, always trusts, always perseveres. And in our mind, we have to always assume the best in our spouse. We always have to expect the best and treat them the way that the Lord has called us to treat them, whether we feel like it or not. 
Respecting, uh, respect for our husband is an issue of respecting the Lord. Ephesians 5.21 says, submit to one another out of reverence to Christ. That's that same word, the phobos. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and, you know, it's that same respect. How many of you have dogs? I love dogs. We have three dogs, two beagles and a yellow lab who's on our last legs. But um, our dogs, they, they love us. They just adore us. They, they fear us. But yet they, they love us so much. And, you know, one of the words in the Bible for worshiping the Lord is the same word that means like as a dog licks the hand of his master. Now, wives, I'm not asking you to lick your husband's hand because that's gross. But the thing is that, the, that we are called in the same way to have that kind of, oh, I love that guy, or not like a feeling of love, but like that feeling of, I want to, to place him in the position that God has placed him in my life. Not, again, because I feel like it or because he deserves it or he's done anything, but because I want to reverence God, because I want to show God honor. And respecting our husband is an issue of faith. It is, a re- it is a supernatural thing that we have to make the choice. Lord, I am going to choose to see him through new eyes. I am going to choose to respect him. And I promise you that if your thoughts change about it, your words will start to change and your actions will start to change. And you will start to see him change as well. Now, that's not why we do it. We do it out of obedience to the Lord. But yet, the more that we begin to show our husband honor and respect, and the more that we, like, this is something, I mean, Eric can maybe vouch for this. No. <laughs> um, but, for example, if I say something to him that's in a, in a disrespectful way, oftentimes I'll come back and I will say, hey, you know what, I'm really sorry, I, I shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done that. And in the same way, we have to take our thoughts captive. Women, if you, if you sit there and get a thought in your mind like, oh, he is such an idiot. Or, Ugh, I could do that so much better than him. Or, oh, I need to tell him because he just doesn't know what he's doing. When you have those thoughts, that dishonors the Lord. You know, even our thoughts can honor or dishonor the Lord. And it's good. I, I'm, I'm in the regular a regular habit of repenting even for my thoughts to the Lord. I just go, Lord, I'm sorry. I know that's not how you think of him. And I remember one time um, Eric was out in our backyard and he was he was worshiping the Lord and I was mad at him for something. I'm sure it was something minor, but I was really struggling in my own brain just thinking these horrible thoughts like, oh, he is just so... And it was like, I, I say that I was... I was tattling to the Lord. I wasn't actually praying for him. I was tattling and, and you know, just like, oh, God, he does. And it was like the Lord just busted me and said, that's my boy. It's incidental music. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, don't miss the profound, the profound statement that that is. That's my boy. And how many of you are m- mothers, and you know the whole mother bear thing? You don't mess, you don't mess with somebody's kid. But I was messing with God's kid, and I was very convicted. So it became again 
just between me and the Lord and in the way that we treat everyone. It really is a measure, it is an act of faith that we have to treat them the way that the Lord would treat us. You know the whole what would Jesus do? I didn't, for the longest time I thought WWJD was what would Jody do? Somebody had to break it to me. You know, and that, that, by the way, that doesn't give husbands an excuse not to live a life worthy of respect. The scripture says that, does it not? Men be worthy of respect. And when you, when you are in your wife's eye not living respectful in that way, whatever it is, however annoying it is, we have an obligation to repent and change. Amen, men? Amen? You know, I was, talk, I was talking to a, a wife, you know, this week, and she was sharing her husband. You would never know who it was, but just, just sharing some things and saying her husband's turning to these things of escape and, you know, whether, you know, just whatever it is, it was like drinking or something like that. And she was sharing her frustration. I can't believe this, and how could he do this and stuff. And, and I, was, I, was tr- I was trying to, first of all, I wasn't trying to justify her husband because I knew I'd be talking with her husband, but I was trying to tell her, and I go, you know, when you're feeling like, I can't believe he's like that, do you think that's what the Lord is doing? Think the Lord's going, oh, I can't believe it. <sighs> My life's going to go in despair. Do you think God ever is in heaven going, we're in trouble, everyone. Angels, beware. We're in trouble. How many know that God is always a warrior? That God is sovereign at all times? That God is at peace at all times? That he has all the fruits of the Spirit at all times? How many say amen to that? So just, uh, you know, men grow into the man you're supposed to be. And love, we just talked about in thought. Now we're going to go to in word. Love speaks. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. Your wife knows when you tell her that you, when you love her or not, whether it's baloney or not. She knows it not just by the actions, but she knows if it's genuine. Just like she knows when you give her flowers, it's because you don't want to get in trouble. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? You're kind of smoothing things over, you know, kind of taking care of things, or just being nice to her in a situation. When you want real love, men, you've got to turn to the Lord. Every Christian, if you want to grow in love, that love has to come from God. Amen? And so these are the things. We say, I love you, and I love you to Jody, and I really mean it, and I know she knows that. And then we say, I love you. Here are the details. When you love someone, you can articulate it. Why do you love me? Uh, you don't have to just go, I love your nose, I love your ears. I love. It's get into the details of what her life is about, who she is. Make the details good, the things that you appreciate about her. Notice who she is in the marketplace. Notice who she is in the life of the body of Christ. Notice that. You be the one that speaks encouragement. There are a lot of wives that are struggling in their marriage because they have nobody building them up. I mean, they're walking around like empty vessels. Yes, they can turn to the Lord, but the Lord put the husband there to build them up. It's like... You know, you don't have to put on a skirt, husband, and pretend you're a cheerleader. Be the man cheerleader. Be the authority of the Lord that says you're going to nail it. You're going to be awesome. God cares about you. He knows you. And be on their side and build them up. Men, can I hear a loud amen? Amen. This is our job. We have to speak it. I love you. Love speaks. 
the next one here, love does not speak sometimes. The purpose of a woman's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. Sometimes, this is something that's took us many years. I'll just say this. Jody and I would talk about something, and she'd be trying to share what was going on in her heart, and she'd be frustrated with me or frustrated with something, and she'd tell me, she'd go, like, Eric, you know, this is really bothering me. And I'd go, well, y- y- you know, I mean, I'm going to try to change. I would never let her finish. Or I'd make excuses for the reason why I was doing it, and, you know, and I'm going to get there when I get there. But she wanted to express herself and hear, and just let me hear what was going on. And it took the longest time to just be able to sit there and listen. Because this, I'll give you a typical example. Not, not that it was exactly accurate, but a type of this. Let's say your wife comes to you and she goes, you know, I can't stand you right now and you're being a total jerk. What? What do you mean you can't stand me? What about the love of God in the Bible? What do you mean I was being a jerk? You were being a jerk too. How many know this conversation? It, what, this conversation always turns out good, doesn't it? You know, and, and, and the next time your wife says that, you know, she goes, you know, I can't stand you right now. You're really being a jerk. And I'm not saying wives, that's how you have to communicate. But if it does come out that way, then you want to say, so you can't stand me right now. And I am so sorry. What's going on? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Give her a chance to let it out. Draw out of her what's in there. She's frustrated. She wants to get it out. She's got all this stuff stored up, and you're the one there. You're like the, you know, the welcoming mat. Let it all out. And instead of taking it all in and going, oh, Kim crushed, you know what I would do? I'd turn it all about me. She'd go, I can't stand you. I knew it. I'm an unloving person. Oh, I guess, you know, I'm just, man, I don't know. The, the whole conversation is now all about me. When the conversation is about her, it's about her telling you how she feels right now. She wants to get it out. Man, do I hear an amen here. There are times when you just shut up. Wives, do I hear an amen? And you just hear what's going on. And it may take longer than a commercial break. And this is why, I'll tell you something that will save your marriage a lot of time and heartache. Have a regular time that you talk or meet, either daily or weekly. So you don't have to bring up things that are bothering you in the midst of the week. Like, oh man, you're really bugging me right now. You don't say that. You say, boy, it's really bugging me. Hey, can we talk about that on Friday? No problem. Let's talk Friday about that. And then you talk about it when your heart's right with God. And you know you want to build them up. Love does not speak. And this says, I love you, Jody, and I hear you. And by the way, like Jody said, she'll tell you I am not perfect in this. If 100 is perfect, I'm 99.6. Now, I'm totally kidding. When we got married, I was a negative 7. Ten years into our marriage, I was a, I was a three. And now I think I'm probably about a 50. I'm about a 50. I'll do pretty well sometimes. And then now when she tells me, she goes, you're not listening to me. On the third time, I respond. 
and I'm getting better. Just thinking, 10 years, you guys, I'm going to be one awesome husband. 10 years from now. Love does not speak. I'm going to hand this over to Jody here. He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. I love you, says I'll protect you. I'll tell you one thing that grieves my heart more than anything is gossip. You know, you cover, you don't want to make excuses for your spouse and go, oh, well, he or she are in sin. Just forget about it. But you ought to be able to confess whatever you're struggling with your spouse, and they ought to be like the Lord to you. So in other words, it can't just get personal. You did that? Go! It's got to be, Lord, I'm your ambassador. Hey, you're forgiven. Let's walk this out. I'm here with you. I'm going to help you. Uh, you know, Jody does this all the time. She, this is when she says she's grown and that she's grown tremendously in these areas, you know, where instead of coming to me in frustration, she'll say, she'll she have this conversation with me. She'll go, Eric, can we, t- can we talk? So now we're talking. And she goes, Eric, I really love you. And I go, I'm in trouble. And you know that I'm on your side. And I look in her eyes and I know she is. And I go, is God in there? <laughs> Help me, I want my mommy. (laughs) I got to go, honey. There was a hurricane, and uh, they need pastoral support. And I just want to tell you something for your own good that is going to bless you, and I want you to know that I'm here for you. You know that, right? Yes, I know that. But then when she tells me, I can see it in her eyes. It's like, I know God is calling you to change this, Eric, and I'm here for you. You don't have to hide this. You don't have to pretend like this is not an issue in your heart. It is. I'm here for you. Joe. Like he was saying, you know, we have a lot of power in our words. And uh, we are called to speak words that build others up and not to tear others down. Um, Proverbs 12, 18 says, reckless words pierce like a knife, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, when you, when you hear that scripture, reckless words pierce like a knife, how many of you had something come into your mind, something that was spoken to you that pierced you like a knife? Now, on the other side, the tongue of the wise brings healing. How many of you can think of something that someone said to you that just made all the difference in the world, just one little encouragement or something that someone said. We are called to be people that bring life. You know, it says, I I didn't put this on the notes, but in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that we are to encourage one another and build each other up. Or wait, no, that's that's later. I'm going to talk about that later. But the, um, the verse I'm thinking of is, um, do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, that's, that's packed full of a lot of stuff. You could do a whole weekend seminar just on that passage, couldn't you? But the word, the word unwholesome means words that don't bring wholeness. 
that we don't let anything that would tear at someone or hurt someone or cut someone. And I think so often as women, we, we can use our words either to bring life and healing and encouragement or to criticize and to nag and to put down and to mother. <laughs> you know, the way that we speak can be with either uh, support and, and honor or it can be with disdain and destruction. You know, and you think about it, if you would imagine um, if you were part of a, CEO of a company and the CEO walked into the room, this is, I'm speaking specifically to wives, married women right now, would you speak to that CEO or to a king or to a top-level politician or the governor or whatever, would you speak to them with the same tone that you speak to your husband? Would you have that same? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Anybody else guilty? We're called to build up. And it's important for us to remind our husband of the good things that we see in him. Your husband was created in the image of God. And so it's important for us, not just, not just your husband, but all people, of course, to remind them of the good things that you see in them. Because we have so much power with our words. Our words can either bring life or they can bring death. Um, it says, encourage one another and build each other up in 1 Thessalonians 5.11. We have a choice. Are we going to use our words to bring life and healing and wholeness, or are we going to use our words to bring destruction and despair and pain? Uh, Proverbs 31.12 says that she brings her husband good, not harm, all the days of her life. And it's so easy for us to speak those words and to just cut him down. And, you know, the media portrays the emasculated husband as the norm. You know, the, the husband who's been so nagged and beaten down by his wife that he has no opinions of his own. And, yes, dear, you know, the, the kind of just shell of a man because her husband is, or her, her, his wife has torn him down so much. You know, and that's, I mean, that seems to be like the norm on all sitcoms, right? It's just the, the man who's just spineless and, and just, just, just so torn down by a woman. That we have that power, but we can also, today is a new day. God's mercies are new every morning. We can begin to speak words of life and encouragement and building up. Amen? Oh, and I have one more. That's right. Okay, um, also, to respect our husbands through our deeds. Um, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance as from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now, I have to confess, I am not very good at this part. Because I want to get the credit. Right? Do you too? Or is it just me? I'm just so evil. It's just me. <laughs> Thanks for the confirmation. 
I mean, don't you want to get the credit, though? Like, you do something really nice for someone, and you want them to notice. You want them to know that you did it, right? Right? Isn't that true? That's another thing that we have to do by faith, that we have to, when we serve our spouse or anyone else, we have to do it as though we were serving the Lord. We have to do it unto the Lord, whether they notice, whether they appreciate it, whether they even care that we did it. If we do it unto the Lord, it's so freeing. It's just such a freeing thing to be able to just go, Jesus, I'm just going to do this for you. I'm going to do this unto you. And Eric talked briefly about um, confrontation. When you confront your spouse, you know, in a marriage situation, if you're both believers, you have to treat each other with the same biblical principles. And the Bible does say, if your brother sins, go to him and show him his fault. Right? We are called to confront our spouse. Now, again, the first time is a confrontation, and that's a healthy thing. You know, if I come to Eric and I say, you know, it has to be with a pure heart. It has to be with a heart of forgiveness. It can't be because you're still ticked off about it. It has to be because you're already at the place where you're f- you want the best for them. You want their benefit. You want to bring good, not harm, to that person. But that when you go to them, you say it in a way that builds them up. And you point out their sin to them for their own benefit, not just because it's annoying. <laughs> you, kn- you see the difference? Because it's one thing for me to go, oh, why do you, I don't know, what, what's something that I can say that won't expose you? <laughs> I can't even think of anything. <laughs> okay, this is, this is not an example in our case, but um, I promise um, it's the putting, the, <laughs> putting the toilet seat down. Okay, he got that one, he, he learned that one on our honeymoon because I went into the dark bathroom and it was not a good thing. But anyway, um, but let's say that's the thing. It's like, oh, you're not, no, 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 you're not putting the toilet seat down or, you know, some other thing. It, that's not really necessarily an area of sin, except that it's not a considerate thing. So, yes, I guess it does, it does go into that category of sinfulness. But, um, but if you're, let's say, for example, okay, let's get real. There, okay, let's say your husband is, is viewing things online that are inappropriate. Can we just keep it real? Okay. And you know about it. Now, I understand the devastation of that. That is, a, that is a huge issue of betrayal and pain and rejection. And it stirs up every insecurity in a woman. Okay, I want to say at this point, that is not grounds for divorce. You know, a lot of people will say, well... You know, the Bible says if you look on a woman with lust, it's the same as having adultery, committing adultery. But if you want to be held to that standard, then you need to be held to the same standard that, well, if you're angry with your brother, that's the same as a sin of murder, so you probably should go to prison. Right? So, but back to that issue, let's say that is an issue in your, in your marriage, and I understand the pain and the devastation of that. However... If you go to your husband and confront him, it cannot be because you are so broken and hurt and rejected and angry and upset about it. It has to be because he is in bondage and you love him and you want to see him set free. So ladies, you have to get to the point where you can forgive him 
once again, not because he deserves it, not because he's not guilty, but because you want to see him set free for his sake and, and for your, the sake of your marriage. So when we confront someone, we don't do it for our benefit, we do it for their benefit. And uh, James 4, 17 says, whoever knows what is right and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Ladies, if you know that the words that you're speaking or the way that you're treating your husband is not honoring the Lord and you refuse to do it, you will not prosper. Proverbs says that whoever conceals a sin will not prosper, but whoever confesses it and renounces it will find favor and receive mercy from the Lord. And the last thing is, Women, we need to be praying for our husbands every single day. You might be the only person on the planet who's praying for your husband. If you're not praying for him, there's no guarantees. And, and it doesn't have to be this big, heavy, long thing. It can be, in, you know, just as you're getting ready for work or as you're doing dishes or as you're driving, just, Lord, I just pray for your blessings on my husband. I just pray, God, today that you would just reveal yourself to him. Show him how much you love him. Show him who he is in you. And, you know, and then go into the details, Lord. I know he's going to be doing this today. Please bless him, whatever. But make sure that you are praying for him and you will see the benefit of that. You will begin to see him change. Again, like I said last week, say, say less, pray more. And believe God and believe that God is in the business of changing people and that that's his desire. Keeping it real here at the adventure, huh? How many are getting something out of this so far? Okay. How many have some repenting to do? Only four of you raise your hand. Again, let's, let's increase the humility factor. Let it rise. How many have some repenting to do? Amen. Now, thank you for being honest. I'm going to close with this, and we're going to have a response. Love indeed. This is for all Christians, but specifically to men. Love acts. I love you, let, let me show you. You know, there's a lot of gift tests out there, love languages, you know, you find out, you know, what, what words speak the most to your wife. But the biggest thing is you get to know her, you know, what she's like, you know, what she likes. And then you love her, not with just words or tongue, but with action and in truth. Um, that, that truth factor there is a big one. And with actions, it's let me show you by what I'm doing. And you find out what they're interested in and what they care about, and you love them in those ways. Love acts, the next slide, love can be seen. This is one of the most incredible scriptures in the Bible. God, can you just say with me, demonstrates. He demonstrates. He demonstrates his love, his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. This is God demonstrating his love. It says, I love you, let me sacrifice for you. And guys, and husbands and wives, and you with your kids as well. I know that you think with your kids, if you just buy them the most toys, that they're going to be the happiest. Go ahead and go down that path. They're not going to be happy at all. They'll sit there in front of their Xbox, and they'll be miserable. Teach your kids about serving and sacrifice. You know, I mentioned finances again. I'll just say it again. You don't put... Finances first for your, with, before God as a sacrifice. 
You know, the first 10%, it was never yours. You're not giving at all. It's God's money. That's what he thinks. You do that, and you'll set the example for your family. Then you do it, and your kids. You don't give, your kids won't give. You don't serve, later you're going to go, I don't know why my kids aren't serving in the life of the church. Are you serving in the life of the church? As you put God first in your finances, your resources, your time, your talents, and treasure, that's what they saw. And they know the difference. And with your spouse, you know, I love the scripture, love is a lifestyle. That's the last point. Then uh, Jody and I are both going to close here. Love is a lifestyle. Be imitators of God and live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Your household ought to be that which is honoring, loving, and respectful. I love you, and then you communicate to her. That's, that's what our life is going to be like. You know, I say this with humility, that there's nothing in us that I believe has earned anything like this, but we live an amazing life. I'm, a, I'm always amazed at the life God's given Jody and I. We have our share of trials exactly like you. We all have trials in this world. Jesus says you'll have tribulation. But I'm amazed at how much God has just poured out grace upon grace and taught us in certain ways, step in obedience in this and step in obedience. Trust me in this. And when we've trusted, he's always come through. And I, I just in, encourage you, live a life of love and respect. One of my, I, I earmarked this scripture. Um, it's not up there. But it's one that I earmarked for a message like this a while ago. And then I just found it. Genesis 29, 20, it says, Jacob was trying to win Rachel to be his wife. And he served her. And he had to serve her X amount of years to get her um, with, with her dad. And it says, Jacob served seven years to get Rachel. But they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. You know, when Jody and I hang out, that's like the greatest day. Hanging out with Jody is like being on the greatest day. Not only is she fun, but, and she says she struggles with this stuff, but I know that I'm going to hang around somebody who loves God and is walking with God. How many think this is helpful in your marriage? Someone who w wakes up and isn't going, oh, man, everything's going to go wrong. Wakes up and goes, God's on the throne. And it's like, amen, he's going to do stuff. Amen. Let's pray. That's the kind of feeling that you want to have in your family. Amen? Um, you know, it's important that this is how we live. Joe, do you want to come up? Why don't you close your eyes? I'm just going to say this from 1 Corinthians. I'm going to hand it to Jody. She handed it back to me. We're going to just respond. I'm going to tell you right now that love, respect will make or break your life. I promise you. 1 Corinthians says it. You know, if love is patient, kind, and good, and all that. It gives all these descriptions. It says, then it says, if I have not love, I'm only a clanging symbol. And then it says, you know, then if, I'm only, if I don't have love, then I really am nothing and I gain nothing. I just want to emphasize it. If I have not love, I'm only noise. I'm like white noise. Shh in the background. Just noise. No melody, no harmony, no message. If I, have not, not, if I have not love, I'm only noise. I am nothing. I gain nothing. You know, there are a lot of things spoken today. Uh, again, I just want to say to those of you who are not married, and if this is an area of, um, of pain for you, 
I just want to remind you again, you know, that the Lord is, is a God of faithfulness. And he is a God of love. And he can fulfill those empty places in your life. And for those of you who uh, were convicted by the Spirit of the Lord, you know the Word of God is so convicting. And we do fall so short in so many ways. But with him there is hope. So if there's anything that you feel that you need to get the Lord to help you in being more loving or being more respectful, um, I just want to encourage you to just come forward and just to, between you and your maker, just to come, come and ask for forgiveness. And we're going to pray for you. And just in, in doing so, just to believe that God can deliver you. God can set you free. God can change you. That's what he does. He changes us. So as I pray, I just want to invite you to just come forward. Don't worry about what other people think. It's just between you and the Lord. And several of you raised your hands, and including us, Eric and I, we raise our hands to repent and change too. So let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that you are a perfect God. That you are holy. That, that all of your ways are true. All of your ways are just. Lord, we thank you so much for the Bible, that we can go to the Bible and we really can get wisdom, we can get understanding from you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that when you bring us conviction, you promise, Lord, that when we confess, Lord, when we don't deny our sins, when we don't pretend that we don't have them, Lord, your promise is that you will not only forgive us, but that you will set us free. Lord, as we bring things into the light, as we confess it to you, and as we confess to others, Lord, your promise is to bring us deliverance and freedom and forgiveness. And so we thank you for that, Lord. And just reminding, you know, just even the men as well, you know, it may seem awkward to come forward, but I just want to encourage you, the kings of old, the mighty men of God, came and kneeled before the throne of God. They came in humility, King David, the mighty men that are spoken. So I, I come in the same way. Father God, not that I'm a mighty king, but Lord, I bow down before you. Lord, as this, this is the altar before your throne. And Lord, as I represent with the men and the women up here, Lord, we just confess our sins have fallen short in these areas of love and respect. And Lord, we're encouraged too. You love it when we repent. Lord, when we declare before the world, before you, Lord, that we fall short of your glory. And Lord, empower us, Lord, to your ways. And Lord, I just speak, Lord, to the men here. Lord, raise them up in a new power of love that they've never had before. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, bring your power. Bring your power, Lord. Bring authority and leadership, strength and power in the name of Jesus. Let no one look down on you because you're youth. Rise up to what the Lord has for you in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray for the women, too, for respect. Lord, that you'd build them up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they would have a supernatural understanding, Lord, not to be beaten down, but to be powerful in your ways. 
to have authority in your ways. Give them the strength that they need, Lord. Give them the anointing, the touch, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, touch them, Lord, with your glory. Can you just lift your hand out to them as we're just finishing here praying? Father, I pray, Lord, for your grace in these areas in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, for a release of your goodness. I just say right now, will you receive the forgiveness of the Lord? Receive the forgiveness. Just say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Thank you that you're going to empower me. Trust in his ways. They work every time. Love never, ever fails. Never. It works. Respect, honor, works. It's God's ways. Lord, let your trust work this way in the name of Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you in Jesus' name.